Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, thank you, Farad, and thank you, all of my baby boomer friends, for joining us again here on Another Day Above Ground. This is the show that we made just for you, the baby boomer, but you can get your kids to listen in, and maybe they'll learn something about that. And when I say we, of course, I can't do this alone. I need my two partners from Denver, Colorado, where I believe it's currently under about 30 feet of snow, (laughs) Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, not only do we have a lot of snow, but we are in the middle of award season, and I have been looking at the fashion. Where are they getting these clothes? Because I've been shopping, and there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I know they all look like clown suits. You know, like somebody was on some sort of hallucinogenic drug and said, I'll make a dress. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And from Indiana, we have the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Pepe Le Pew was cut from the footage of Space Jam 2. Um, Apparently, they misunderstood the critics when they were told that it stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Pepe Le Pew. First of all, they're taking the gun away from uh, Elmer Fudd. You know, they can't have that shotgun anymore. Now they want to get rid of Pepe Le Pew. They got rid of uh, some of the uh, uh, Sesame Street character Muppets, yeah. And uh, I I don't know where it's going to end. Cancel culture is everywhere. uh, Yeah, well, you know, haven't seen Betty Boop cartoons since those started getting censored. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the one thing they're not censoring is the Grammy Awards. Recently, the Grammys were on TV, and I got to tell you, as a baby boomer, not only did I not recognize any of the names of the people that won, <laughs> but the costumes, the outfits, whatever you call them, they wore were just, I don't know. It's like they don't own a mirror. Well, I think that's where, I think that's where Le Pew is showing up. see i think it's a way right now i think what they're trying to do honestly is to bring some joy to everybody we've had a year that was you know a whole lot joyless right 2020 was joyless there weren't awards it was hard to get your music out it was hard to get films out and you know dale and i are both members of the screen actors guild and we've been watching the films that have been nominated for sag awards and they're all incredibly depressed so I think I think the outfits that people are wearing to the award shows are giving them the opportunity to bring some joy. There was a lot of color. There were a lot of flowers. There was a lot of interesting shaping happening. There was one woman who was backstage <laughs> at the Grammys. Did you see her? She was wearing half of a short cocktail dress and half of a long cocktail dress. And I'm like, what? What? Oh. Well, that's probably your salute to bipolarism. <laughs> <laughs> or Biden polarism. It was just her subtle way of being political. Yeah, I'm just really I'm very disappointed with all the movies and stuff that are that are signed up for the awards because they some of them are just bad and others are just really depressing. And you know, last night we watched Hamilton the movie. For about 15 minutes, because right from the get-go, it's all rap. It's like a rap opera. I couldn't understand a damn word they were saying. <laughs> did, did you just learn that? 
I did because I never, you know, I never wanted to pay two hundred dollars for the for the play. So I said, I'll wait till it comes out, and then it was on Disney, and you have to pay for that. But now I got to watch it free as a member of SAG. So, but yeah, it's it's awful. <laughs> I can't see, wait to see the one that they do about, you know, about Tyler. <laughs> Anyhow, kids, we, uh, you know, we've been looking at a lot of things during this pandemic. You know, it is a, it is a bright spot. It looks like uh, baseball will be played again this year. And uh, except down in Texas, they're saying everybody can come in. So that's going to be quite the hot spot. But things are slowly but surely getting back to normal. All three of us here have gotten our first vaccines and uh, and waiting for the uh, waiting for the next one. And and still we don't know what's coming next. You know, we nobody knows what's coming next. But as baby boomers, we look at it and say, okay, we we've lived a full life. We you know we've we've had our families. We've retired. Now what? Is it over? Is there anything else we can do? You know, so we uh, we made it a point this week to go out and find somebody who can help us answer that question. Why, how do you know when it's over? Or you know, as uh, as was said in uh, in uh, uh, Delta House, uh, it's not over until we decide it is. You know, was it <laughs> over when the Germans invaded Pearl Harbor? No, and it's not over now. So, uh, so our our guest is uh, is a guy with a lot of good stories, a lot of good information. We have with us today, Mr. John Ramstead. John is a former Navy fighter pilot. He is a speaker, an author, the CEO of Beyond Influence. And tell us, John, what's where are we headed? Oh my God, where are we headed? Um... I don't, you mean this year, Dale? I mean that's a big, no, I mean, that's that's a big question. Boomers. We got to narrow that boomers. one down. Where, where, where are we headed? You know, I'll, here's what I think. Uh, if you look at this generation of baby boomers, what, there is an opportunity. You know, we all complain about the millennials, the Gen Zs, and the Gen Ys, don't we? Yes, we mm-hmm. do frequently yeah. on this show. Frequently, but you know, here's a perspective. I think I that is grown up, and I had some amazing mentors and people and they saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And I believe my success that I had through life and business was those folks. And I think there's an amazing opportunity of our generation to sow into this younger generation. And I honestly believe they have the potential to either be the greatest generation we've ever seen on this planet or that they have the ability to just tear everything apart and leave ash heaps behind. And I think we have a role to play. So that because yeah, who wants to be an ash heap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you got to dig a hole and you put it in the ash hole, so you don't need that. <laughs> what I wanted to ask you, John, is, is before we start talking about that, is that uh, you know you're a living example of another day above ground because something happened to you, I think, nine years ago, and uh, tell tell us about that. Oh sure, yeah, I was uh, in my late forties. And I, w- I got invited up to a retreat. A friend of mine was on the board for a, a, a group called Family Talk. And I got invited up to Montana for a weekend retreat at this really cool cowboy ranch. And we fly in on Thursday. And on Friday, we're supposed to go on a horseback ride to the back of the property. I'll have lunch and I'll get to know each other. Just a small group, about 14, 15 of us. 
And I, are you a horse? Dale, you look like a, an equestrian. Is that, did I call that right? No, I'm a Methodist. Okay. <laughs> and when he plays a horse, he always has to be the backside. It is so unfortunate. Now, the only thing I have to do with horses is occasionally betting on them, but I, I I've never really ridden one to any extent. You know, the only the I'm... only horses that Dale rode have a W in front of them. Ooh. Hey, wait, that's taking us. <laughs> Listeners out there, even sometimes we don't get the jokes that we're supposed to. Oh, now I got it. Okay, it's a spelling gag. It's a spelling gag. It's, it reminds me of my brother, who was a terrible speller, spent an entire night in a warehouse. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not worth the 30 bucks he spent to be there either, right? <laughs> oh, I'd love to see what was on those pallets. <laughs> He did complain about splinters, but that aside, we're, we're talking to you, John, about what happened nine years ago when you're on this retreat riding a horse. So riding a horse. So we're, we're going to go to the back of this property, and I was the first one saddled. And there's, uh, I'm not a horse guy. I grew up in Minnesota, right? I did a couple trail rides in my life. That's what I'm expecting. Well, all of a sudden, my horse just starts trotting out in the big, in this big oh, open area. And all of a sudden, he just bolts, and he takes off, does a 90-degree turn, and he is just flat-out accelerating like a horse out of the gates at the you know Pemlico Downs. And I am flat on my back, and his rump is pounding me in the shoulder blades, and um, I am scared to death. I'm going to flip off the back of this horse and get kicked in the head and die. And so I did the one thing, the only thing that crossed my mind so I didn't flip off the horse was to squeeze with my legs as hard as I possibly could. Now, anybody listening who knows anything about horses, because I didn't know this, I'm a guy and I did not read the manual, clearly, <laughs> I'm telling the horse to go faster. <laughs> oh, jeez. And this was actually a trained working horse for the ranch that had gotten in the uh, this lineup by accident. So he took the he took this seriously. And this guy, this guy found another gear. Oh. And I, I finally got my weight up in the middle of this horse. And I'm looking ahead, and we were at a flat-out run. Now, I mean, I've been in, you know, a pilot, right? Being, what, 20 feet above the ground at 40 miles an hour on a horseback, What this was not, I, this wasn't fun. <laughs> I thought speed is fun. This wasn't fun. And along my right-hand side was a fence line that went out about 80 yards, and at the end of the fence line was a whole series of paddocks, all made out of the three-inch rolled steel beams. Oh, and I'm like, geez. okay. At the end of the paddocks, it was clear to the left. So I'm like, ah, easy. Get him to turn left. I'll figure out how to get him to slow down. I grab the rein. I yank the rein back, and he pulls his head straight back and doesn't even break stride. Mm. I, was, I was like, ruh-roh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're thinking, how can I buy this horse and get him in the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not well. Yeah, almost, Dale. You, you almost <laughs> nailed that one. But I grabbed the rein again. I pulled even harder, and he pulled his head straight back again. And we're heading straight at this series of paddocks, and they're getting closer and closer. And I literally started panicking. I, I my brain had never spun out of control like this before. I'm like, I got to jump off this horse. If I jump off this horse, I'm going to die. And if I don't want to die, if I jump off, I'm going to break my neck. And like literally, like I've flown in combat. I've been shot at. 
Um, I've raised three teenagers. So (laughs) nothing prepared me for that moment at all. And I remember as we got closer and closer to the fence, full gallop, I'm about 20 yards away. And like, you ever had one of those moments of complete clarity? And like when time slows down, I remember thinking to myself, this is not going to end well. And that's the last thing I remember. The horse came into the fence. Uh, well, this is what I was told because I don't remember it. Uh, he dropped his butt and he bucked so hard that he actually flipped over, landed on his side and slammed to the fence rum first. And when he did that, I went Superman into the fence. Oh, jeez. So the top bar hit me across the skull from my left eye down through my jaw. I broke every bone in my skull except for my jaw and my right cheekbone. I lost eight teeth. Uh, This entire part of my skull up here above my left eye was caved in. I broke my neck. I shattered my shoulder. I tore almost every ligament off, every part, anything that connects to the shoulder. And then to add insult to injury, the next bar down hit me in uh, in the chest, and it completely caved in the left side of my rib cage, broke all my ribs, and one of the broken ribs punctured my left lung. Yeah, but was the horse all right? (laughs) You know, somebody told me afterwards he had a big cut on his back end and his forehead. Oh, wow. To which I said, did somebody shoot him? (laughs) The horse asked the same thing about you when he came to. I don't think the horse cared. That horse did not like me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> attitude. Holy Christmas. Do we know so what yeah, happened I, to the horse? Um, he got sold. Okay. Yeah, yeah he got sold. Um, I'm, I was, I, when I heard it wasn't to a glue factory, I was actually <laughs> disappointed between you and I. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure he was sold honestly. To, oh, yeah, no, he's very gentle. He's uh, <laughs> He's been taking kids out on riding trails for the past 10 years. <laughs> well, you know, funny story, Tim, because <laughs> I had $2 million in medical bills, and they were fighting us tooth and nails. They wouldn't pay anything because I just started a new company. It was wiping me out. I had a lien against me. They sold that horse and basically said what you just said. And we had proof that they lied about the sale of the horse, oh, which wow. is the only reason that a door opened and we even had an avenue in because, at, you know, equestrian accidents in Montana, yeah, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that you're not going to win anything. Right. So, yeah, I'm glad he lied. It, you know, it was good. It's good for me. You recovered completely, though. I don't. How long did it take for you to completely recover? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I woke up on the ground. Um and well, let's see, I was in ICU for five weeks. I had two craniotomies, two brain surgeries. Um, I had my left eye is completely blind. All the bones behind the eye socket shattered. I got transferred down here to Craig Hospital, which Carolyn probably knows, for a severe traumatic brain injury. I was there for 20 months. Um, I had uh, a total of 23 surgeries. I had to learn how to speak again, walk again, drive again. Um, uh, I have no depth perception, you know, with only uh, one eye. But it was a very, very long process. Uh, Just to tell you, at the accident scene, and we can dive into this if you guys want to be interested in your listeners, but um, when I woke up on the ground in a more pain than I could even describe to anybody, uh, I was at my breaking point, and all of a sudden, God was standing there, and we had a conversation. 
And I was given a second chance. I was given, I had one of those near-death experiences and I was given a choice to stay here. Um, wow. And uh, we can dig into that if you'd like to. But part of it is knowing that I should have died at 46 years old. And I was given this second chance. You guys know Mark Sanborn. I remember sitting down with him after I'm uh, trying to process all this. Like, is this a burden? Is this a gift? Is this an obligation that almost uh, uh, you don't even know how to think about? And just through Mark and just other friends, I started to see this as this amazing opportunity for me to actually rewrite the script. I didn't think at that age in my life and where I was with my career, I even had the permission uh, to rewrite the script about the kind of life I wanted to live and who I wanted to be and the legacy that I left in the relationship with my wife and kids that was there, but what didn't exist for me when that accident happened. So we can go anywhere you want, but I got to tell you, for me, that process was one of the most painful, I mean, difficult times in my life. But because of who I've come become going through that adversity, I wouldn't at this point in my life, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Now, you said that when you were at the lowest, you met God, and God told you to carry on. Now, I happen to know that you are currently recovering from COVID-19. You think God had second thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you used the key word recovering, Dale. <laughs> I want to know... What did she look like? Carolyn's like that, man. She's going to bring it all down into some sort of political world. You know what? It's amazing because she looked just like Carolyn without glasses. Oh, see? So she's younger than I am. Oh, man. The only time I, met, the only time I met God, he said, uh, no, it's not me. You're just high. <laughs> Dale clearly had the same experience Kim. <laughs> several times he goes it's still not me <laughs> so John you've gone through two incredibly traumatic experiences just from what you've told us and what do you recommend for, I mean, baby boomers are all having traumatic experiences from, you know, from having to get our body parts replaced to losing our good friends we've had all our lives to getting fired or what, 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 what would you recommend for us when we go through trauma? I mean, I think, unless, you know, we, hopefully we can all uh, meet God, but, you know, I really like to wait till I'm dead. It's nice <laughs> yeah. to meet you all. <laughs> Uh, here's, here's, I think, the biggest thing that helped me go through this uh, well to emerge from this kind of adversity uh, stronger, and that was to actually uh, find something that was important to me and hold on to hope. I saw the power when I was at Craig Hospital of hope. When you're so devastated and you don't know at the time, right, am I ever going to be able to uh, write an email to somebody? Am I ever, like, I, I would word find and mess, mess up my words. I had no memory. I had to, if you asked me to do something and I didn't write it down, it was gone. I didn't know if I could even function as a, as a human being, take care of my family. My wife had been home with our kids and now was my caregiver and we had no income coming in. 
But in that, I had to intentionally focus every moment saying, you know what, tomorrow might be better than today. Next month can be better than this month and next year could be better. Because I got to tell you, Dale, when I saw people give in to um, what looked like the trajectory they were on, kind of a negative one, right? When they, when they, did, when they focused on what's wrong and what's missing in, in that victim mentality, I watched people who had less injuries than I do spiral into such a dark place, both mentally and physically, that it scared the wadden out of me. I got to tell you, it was, it was scary to watch some of these people who we kind of started our recovery at the same time. And one of them's not with us anymore. And another one just sits in their room and stares at the TV. And my injuries were worse. Um, I honestly think that looking at what happened for me, maybe this sounds simple, but I had to really start focusing on what are the things in my life that I'm grateful for? What are the good things that are alive? Could I use this experience? This is kind of how I'm wired. That's why I got into speaking, right? Um, can I use this experience to help and encourage other people? Carolyn's laughing. I was making a joke. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what, is, what does a brain-injured guy with no income do who has no real life skills anymore? Of course it's speaking. Um, <laughs> Trump became president. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's, I, I was going to go into politics, but I couldn't afford all, uh, afford all the orange face cream. So I, I just decided to go with the, <laughs> the regular platform. Uh, but I got to tell you, yeah, I, that has been so life-giving to me is to actually, you know, I talked about, you asked in the beginning, you know, where are we going as baby boomers? Um, the people that I've just been able to work with in coaching, one-on-one, speaking to small groups, either at church or businesses, I do it a kind of across the whole spectrum, and you find one person say, yeah, what if I could be a little bit better version of myself? What if I could actually look at all this stuff in my life that kind of ends up actually holding me back and say, hey, what if I gave my permission, myself permission to become uh, the person I always wanted to be? Because I didn't think I could do that. Honestly, I think I was, I, I felt when the accident happened, like I was locked into 60 hours a week, being on charity boards, having to do this stuff for my kid. I was miserable. I literally was. I was miserable because I was doing what I felt everybody else wanted me to do and expected me to do. I had never actually sat down and said, what, what is it that John wants? Right. You know, 10 years from now, and I'm looking back, and I'm out fly fishing with some friends saying, you know what, that was, an, uh, that was the best 10 years of my life. I was not on that. I wasn't about, well, I would have had that conversation, but I, I would just lied to everybody standing around me, of course. Like we all do. <laughs> so have you ever been on a horse since? I wanted to, Tim, but my wife put the kibosh on that one. As a matter of fact, she actually asked me not to do anything that requires a helmet. So I even have to go to the bathroom now with help. <laughs> oh, she won't let you wear a helmet. That cuts down in the lovemaking department, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it haven't been on a horse, haven't been skiing, haven't been biking. So, um, but yeah, no, no horse. I actually wanted to go on the horse, but 
That's kind of my it's kind of my personality. The horse looked at him and said, "No, I don't think so." No. Okay, <laughs> what's the chance? What's the chance you're going to get hit by lightning twice? <laughs> yeah, but smart horses are smart, Dale. The horse was hedging its bets. It's like, yeah. not this guy. Nope. <laughs> well, John, you know, I'm sure you've got a lot more uh, help and advice and stuff for for people that are trying to get through adversity. Where would our listeners uh, contact you for some more uh, assistance? Where would how would they reach you? Well, our website is beyondinfluence.com. I have a book come out calling On Purpose with Purpose. It was really about my entire journey to actually figure out what is my purpose in this second half of my life with this second chance. And it took me a long time to figure it out. And that is now the framework of how I coach people. And I just wanted to share more people about what I've done. So it's beyondinfluence.com forward slash book. And uh, people can go there and get a copy. And I really hope it helps them get to some of the outcomes and results in life that I've been able to achieve. You could have called it third time's a charm. <laughs> well, I didn't tell you the rest of the story. As a matter of fact, my, my, my said, my son said, daddy, you know what, if you're, if you have nine lives, you've used seven. I'm <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I could tell you my career track. What you would be very sure of is a, you don't want to take career advice from me. <laughs> but B, I can really help you out of a really bad spot. Oh, and C, you're kind of accident prone. So, yeah. um, <laughs> well, John, thank you so very much for enlightening our baby boomer audience, and hopefully they will uh, go on there and learn even more. But from those of us here on a uh, another day above ground, thank you for your story of making it another day above ground. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. Ah, well, thank you for that endorsement. We appreciate that. One more big thanks for John Ramstead for joining us. This is a guy who's been through it, you know, twice that we're aware of and still made it back out on top. A little proof that we can all do that with the proper mindset and the proper uh, uh, thinking and, and, you know, just setting ourselves right and looking at what we want to do with our lives. That being said, that's it for another episode of Another Day Above Ground. Carolyn, you have any final words for the folks? Yeah, I'm just thinking that I want all of our guests, you know, well, no, I don't. I don't want all of our guests to have met God, but I want anybody who does meet God to thank us for having them. <laughs> okay, I'll put in a good word for you. I don't know if he'll take it, but... And Tim, how about you? Uh, just check out my website, timslegel.com. And also, for more fun, go to daleurban.com. You can sign up for the Friday Funnies, and I'll appear in your email mailbox every Friday with a video and a written copy of the Otter News of the Week. That being said, also visit our website, anotherdayaboveground.com, and you can learn more about us, see all of our episodes there, and uh, even leave us a note. Perhaps you'd like to be a guest on this show, and we'd like to know about it. That being said, until next week, get out and enjoy today because it is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.